Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Before we get into today's episode about resentment, I'd like everybody to subscribe because then you can hear my most recent episode about money problems in couples and what I generally see are the major financial issues that plague couples in my practice and in general. And of course, all the other podcasts such as the Oral Sex on Women podcast, which really does appear to be most of why uh, y'all subscribe, but I'm sure somebody is itching to listen to couples and money after the Oral Sex podcast as well. Um, So today in my uh, private group, somebody recommended that I discuss this topic of resentment And um, I've obviously done a podcast on empathic ruptures. Hey, that's actually, I think, a paid one too. So you should go back and subscribe so you could hear more about empathic ruptures. But if you've had an empathic rupture and uh, sometimes your spouse will even apologize and you still can't get over it. And you can also have empathic ruptures with other people such as, um, you know, siblings, parents, friends, etc. Um, So uh, what do you do when resentment still Um, it it still is hampering you from moving forward in your relationship. You still think about a past grievance or a past hurt. And um, sometimes the person has even apologized, you know. And so then you might think, what's wrong with me that I just can't move on? So, um, well, first of all, in this situation, sometimes you got to kind of look at the apology. You may have gotten an apology in words only, but for example, I'll take a common empathic rupture. Let's say I hear about this uh, many times actually is that the man didn't help out enough when the woman had a baby or when she was even uh, didn't stay overnight in the hospital when she was delivering or whatever. So in this case, eventually the man under duress may have said, listen, I'm sorry. Um, but he's saying it kind of with an attitude. She doesn't really feel like he understands how much this hurt her. So then the apology isn't really an apology. And I discuss in the Empathic Rupture podcast how to um, actually verbalize a real apology. Um, but in, in these cases, the partner does not feel that they have really been apologized to. So the resentment festers in the same way as if there had been no apology. And in fact, it's worse sometimes because then they feel like this is the best they're ever going to get and they will never really fully be understood. And they will only have this cursory uh, kind of... Um, bad attitudes sort of apology to take to their grave, you know, and that's upsetting. So first you got to think about truly whether you got an apology at all or whether you got an in-name only apology that was not even fully from the heart and did not indicate to you that your partner or whoever really validated your experience. So um, but let's say you did. I mean, let's say that we'll talk about if you didn't, but let's say that you did and you really got the best sort of apology and the person said they truly deeply understood your experience and they really regret it. And if they could go backward, they would do something different. So what, why can't you still, um, get past it? Well, sometimes it's because the, the, the topic is just very dear to your heart and you haven't really processed your own sadness and grief about the loss of whatever this was. So I had recently a podcast about having empathy for your younger self and, um, 
the sometimes people do not really allow themselves to grieve and mourn a stage or an activity or something that they have lost forever because it was more convenient and easier and less painful to blame it on somebody else. And it's especially convenient when you say that that's due to somebody else. So for example, let's say that this woman whose husband didn't really help with the baby at all, let's say worst case situation, he's out drinking, right? And she's up with the baby all the time and she's worried about him. And then let's say he went to AA. Let's say he went to AA when the baby was a year old. And But really, for the baby's entire first year of life, she felt terrible. It probably impacted her uh, ability to bond with the baby. She may have stopped nursing sooner than she wanted. She may have gone back to work sooner than she wanted to because she was worried about money. She uh, didn't have a good night's sleep. Her depression probably got worse. Who the hell knows? So let's say that this man finally said, even said right away at a year, as part of his amend making in AA, I'm so sorry for what I did. I deeply hurt you and I wish I could do different. You didn't deserve that. And it's the best apology, but she still can't get over it. Well, she can't get over it because now comes the truly deeply painful part of mourning what she lost, which she can't get back, which is, uh, you know, being calm and happy and present during her baby's first year of life. And that can take some deep uh, individual therapy and some grieving, some real grieving, just like if somebody died, you know, to say to yourself, this I will never get back and I'm so sad. And it's very, very hard to like really sit with sadness and that's why people cover it up with anger. So in this situation where you can't um, get over resentment, it's frequently because anger is an empowering emotion. People kind of feel good when they're angry, you know, feels very powerful. This is why so many men that are taught not to be weak, their depression manifests as anger. They're not sad, you know. Sad does not feel good. Nobody ever wants to be sad. People, however, angry as an empowering emotion makes you feel alive and strong. And so people will choose feeling strong over feeling weak any day. So when you can't get over resentment, it's frequently because you're still guarding yourself against these more painful, vulnerable, sad feelings that have to do with grieving something that you will not get back. And if you allow yourself to do that work, frequently the resentment dissipates because in actuality, uh, you, you, you can't go back in time. And in this case, where the person who wronged you did deeply apologize in a meaningful way, you are in the best case situation that you can be right now. And uh, if you allow yourself to grieve and mourn what you lost, you can move forward in as best a way as you can. Now, in a situation where, let's say, the guy never went to AA, he doesn't drink as much anymore, um, but he still does go out, and every time he gets wasted, you're the woman is triggered, and she's like now pinning all of her eggs on the basket of, I am going to make him, every time we have a fight, I am going to bring this thing up about my baby's first year of life is lost to me because you're such a selfish asshole, and um, this will finally make him one day, one day he's going to finally understand now, people hold on to resentment, too, because they can wield it like this, like a weapon. They have a fantasy of finally getting through to the person. If you have been trying to do this for years on your own, it's probably not going to work. You know, that resentment, instead, it's killing you. It's a canker inside of you. You know, it's not going to 
um, your, your partner's probably not going to have an epiphany. Sometimes in couples counseling or with uh, even, you know, some people are religious, they go see a pastor, so whoever, maybe somebody else can talk to your spouse, but it ain't going to be you if it's been all those years of bringing up the same resentment and nothing has changed. So at that point, you may want to work on resolving this in your own mind. Now, sometimes when there's an unresolved empathic rupture and the person will not apologize for it, it is, um, I shouldn't say sometimes, all the time that indicates a problem in the relationship. Because if something is so difficult for you and has hurt you so much and the other person cannot apologize for it and instead says it's not their fault over and over, obviously there's a major disconnect between your experience and their experience and there is an inability to empathize in probably both directions, but you definitely know from that person to you. But it's very, very rare for a person to not admit that they were wrong about something if they feel like the other person is kind to them. So for example, um, in situations like this, the guy may remember totally differently. You know, he may remember that you were saying to him, God, you're so useless as a dad. Why don't you just go, go leave, you know? And maybe that was happening during the fights and that maybe that did, you know, like make things a lot worse. And so in certain situations where I'm dealing with couples that have unresolved empathic ruptures for like 20 years, people remember this totally different. They remember what happened so differently and neither one of them is a psychopath. Neither of them is trying to lie. They just... It, different parts of the situation um, were salient to both of them. So like sometimes somebody will tell me a story, it sounds like they're totally wrong. And then of course I talk to the spouse and then that's a whole different ball of wax, you know? And then obviously it seems as it always does that one person is never completely wrong in any relationship. So like the woman told him, why don't you go home and get some sleep? But then she thought that he would never go. But he went, you know, because this is uh, who who he was. Is he always kind of, you know, was the one who was taken care of by the woman prior to the baby? She thought that he would say, no, I have to stay overnight with you. But that was never their relationship before. And he didn't have any idea that it had changed. So that's just one example of how people could think about something like this totally different. That at first seems like one is definitely wrong uh, 100%. Always interrogate any situation where it seems like one person is wrong 100%. That is, uh, I've never seen that yet. So what, um, what are the... Uh like what are the chances of a relationship surviving when one person cannot get over their resentment um, for years and years? Well, I mean, I work with people in couples counseling. People should come sooner to couples counseling, but frequently they come when their relationships are about to, you know, end. And at that point, you know, there, it's not terribly good chances. If somebody has a lingering resentment, sometimes the spouse can deeply see their side and apologize in a meaningful way, and that can lead to some resolution, but sometimes it can't. Sometimes there's too much water under the bridge and too many resentments have piled up, and that is just, uh, just, just shows that the relationship has run its course and may not survive. There are other people who are able to reconnect in a deep way after they have truly processed and grieved together the loss of whatever was lost because of whatever happened. 
So, and it, these don't always have to be so dramatic. I mean, there are many where somebody said something that was very hurtful, may have been intentional, may have not been intentional, et cetera, et cetera. There's all kinds of empathic ruptures. If you find yourself that you cannot move on, though, from uh, resentment, that is something good to work on in individual counseling versus couples counseling because you need to figure out what you are holding on to the resentment for. What purpose does that serve? What purpose does the anger serve? What is it? hiding you know what is underneath that emotion what do you not really want to reckon with do, how were fa- how are emotions treated in your family of origin have you ever seen anybody express genuine sorrow that could then be worked through or was everything covered up with resentment and bitterness and blame frequently resentment is something that people learn Growing up, like if you struggle with resentment of all sorts, that may have been a way that you saw your parents engage in the world and with one another. And this is important stuff to work through before you continue passing that on down the line to your kids and make them think that the world is full of uh, people who hurt you and resentments that will mount and the mounting resentment pile is, is what your adulthood is. Nobody wants to teach that lesson. So in aggregate when resentment cannot be gotten through it is a signal to look internally and see why sometimes you don't want to get rid of resentment because you are convincing yourself that if your partner were to apologize then you would have a relationship again and you're hiding from yourself that there's no relationship to speak of and when the person apologizes then you really see there's nothing left actually and you don't feel any sort of connection the connection was predicated on this fantasy that if they were to apologize they would be this completely different person but they're not they're just the same person that apologized you know and sometimes people feel like that and then sometimes people feel like an empathic rupture can be solved and their resentment can go away when they work on things of uh, their own issues with the resentment but also when the partner interacts with them in potentially a different way surrounding the issue in a non-defensive and more empathic way So that is the overarching view of resentment and uh, the role that I see it play in therapy. And when you, uh, by the way, if you do have these unresolved resentments towards your spouse and you feel like you're really hiding it from your kids, you're probably not. They're probably picking up on a lot of the tension that underlies these resentments. And they may be hearing you bring them up in fights when you think that they're sleeping, etc. So these resentments really do need to be worked on. Otherwise, they poison the entire family atmosphere. And even if they didn't, just for yourself, you only do get one life and you don't want it to be hampered by resentment and bitterness and unresolved grief. Resentment is is unresolved. It's an unresolved feeling. You know, feeling resentment towards somebody, it's a very present feeling. Nothing has been worked through. Nothing has been moved past. And if you can understand more, like the woman in my example, so let's say she had a lot built up on being a mother, you know, and um, because she had very bad relationship with her own mother. So that could be more uh, useful information. So she had all these hopes for her baby's first year of life. Then maybe she's she's angry at herself for not putting a hard line that her husband had to stop drinking or get out. And maybe she knew that he was drinking since they were dating, but she never said anything. And resentment towards somebody else is frequently compounded by self 
uh, hatred or at least intense self-dislike because you feel that you should have put a stop to whatever XYZ was that the other person did even before it happened this last time. That's something else to explore is your feelings toward yourself about whatever this thing is. So the women who are upset, I've worked with many, um, that they didn't get a proposal they are frequently also angry at themselves in retrospect. They, have, they finally say, but I was just a young girl. I should have waited for somebody that was really into me, you know, and I never would have because I kept getting told by my parents, you need to get married. Nobody's ever going to marry you. So, you know, I, I went for the first guy and, and I tried to beg him to marry me pretty much. And I should have known that was a bad sign. I feel so bad for myself. And when they could get to a place where they feel genuine sorrow, then frequently they can move forward. But when you're mired in anger, that's a very stuck kind of uh, place to be emotionally. It feels strong and empowering, but it really keeps you stuck. It doesn't allow you to really move forward, uh, especially when it's laced with these sorts of um, self-recriminations and all of these sorts of things that are below the surface but aren't really expressed. So the takeaway from this is if you do have unresolved empathic ruptures, particularly if the person has apologized and tried to move forward and you can't, then you really need to think about why. And if this is with a parent, by the way, it, it's totally different. You don't need to be married to your parent. You don't need to have a day-to-day -day relationship with an adult parent. And I do have a podcast on when your parent uh, doesn't remember the stuff that you remember from your childhood. And, you know, this does happen, but this is a different sort of situation. You know, you can uh, go low contact, for example, with a parent who has done wrong by you if you've decided you still want them in your life, but you can't go low contact with a spouse. So that's pretty different in that regard. All right, so I hope uh, this added some useful information to your day, and please do subscribe if it did, and I'll talk to everybody soon.